As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Truly Football Show today, Felix the Catalan, PSG, Senzona Donna, rumour when hamburgers collide and pardon me boys is that the Chalanoglu Choo Choo we look back at Napoli Inter all that and more in this Totally Football Show Totally Football Show European Edition on Tuesday, December the 5th. Correct, Rafa? Correct. Hooray! Excellent. Rafa's here with us, as is Julian Laurent. Hello. And Alvaro Romeo. Hola. And James Horncastle. Hello. Everyone very excited about the Euro 2024 draw, yes? Oh, yes. 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 Who's most excited? Well, you... I'm not, not anymore. Oh. Why? Well, I mean, the games are great, but like Italy's like have two games which are in Dortmund and Gelsenkirchen, yeah. Yeah. which means I'm going to be based around there. And Raf, like, it doesn't look like the most exciting part of Germany. Oh, that's true. You're I'd rather be... be in Berlin or Munich. Where's the third game? Third game is in Leipzig. Mm. Oh, <laughs> I see. Where is, uh, bad luck <laughs> for you. Where uh, do you know what Italy's base camp would be? Maybe there well, would be something completely still, different. They're still negotiating, but I think it's on the outskirts of. It's between Dortmund and Dusseldorf. Yeah, base yourself in Dusseldorf. It's a nice city. Any oh, good my favorite there, city. There's right some listeners. really good restaurants in Dusseldorf. <laughs> oh, really? It's yeah. got a massive Japanese population. Ooh. Oh, yeah, it's famous for its uh, Japanese restaurants. Nice. Oh. The French will be. Their base is in Paderborn. That's not good news, is it? Oh, yeah, I knew it. I kind of knew it. The vibes here are like non- Germany, <laughs> not a great host country. <laughs> what about Spain? Where is Spain going to be? I heard, not sure. uh, I heard I about Spain. Um, or the country. Uh, no, yes. <laughs> it's in Western Europe. I forget, but I heard that they got this very cool place with their own... Right. A lot of podcast listeners would have concerned themselves with which teams are drawn whom. But we're more... What's it going to be like for any journalist following? <laughs> yes, I mean priorities, <laughs> of course. Yeah, Dusseldorf. Okay, James. All oh, right. I mean, the French play in Dusseldorf the first game against the Dutch. So, oh, that's so maybe I'll do that game instead. No, so against <laughs> Austria is the first game. Against Austria, sorry, against Austria, yeah. the first game in what Dusseldorf. A, what a group, Jules. Is that it's the groups. real 
group of death, do you think? You've got France yeah. and Netherlands yeah. and Austria, yeah. who Rafa knows so, so well. And then whoever makes it out of the playoff. Could be Wales, could be Ukraine. No, it could be no, Wales Poland. or Poland. Could be Wales, Wales could be. be Poland. Yeah, it could be Wales, could Not be Poland. Yeah, it's good. could be Finland. Could also Austin. be Finland. Or Estonia, <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> okay. Anyone else? Uh, Mrs. L is very excited if Wales make it. Uh, and play against France. Mrs. L is Welsh. Mrs. L is Welsh. So yeah. I think there's a big contingent uh, coming over from friends and families in case Wales qualify and play against France, which okay. would be good. Um, it's good. I mean, we play the Australian in the Nations League, of course. The Austrians. The Austrians. Yeah, Which not the Australians. No, oh. the Australians, surely. <laughs> no, he but the, the, the Australians. <laughs> but you know that Raul Albiol, you remember Raul Albiol? Yeah. He played for Villarreal. Yeah. Yeah. In Euro 2008, he was in Austria. And yeah. they asked him, when do you think that you'll be back in Austria? And he said, the next time I'll go to Austria, I'll come back. To see the kangaroos. Nice. nice. Raul. This is literally Raul Alviol in 2008. Oh, wow. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Kangaroo schnitzel. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Okay. Very tasty. Interesting. And we play the Dutch, obviously, and the regu Dutch, yeah. regularly. I think yeah. this is the... F yeah. Jules's nemesis, of course. He Fifth thinks all Dutch managers, he, he will not name yeah, the them. The Dutch guys, basically. The Dutch guys. And then, yeah, hopefully it's Wales and not Poland who we face at the World Cup. So oh, oh, basically all the teams know each other really, really well. That's okay. what I meant. So, yeah, it should be fun. Yeah. It's not as... Uh, group of death than the one we had in the last Euros mm -hmm. with Germany, with mm -hmm. Portugal and with Hungary. Mm -hmm. So hopefully the outcome will be better. Germany group of death time. or the group of petty more? <laughs> well, I, I don't know. This time in the morning. It's a <laughs> Germany <coughs> uh, will be having Scotland and Hungary and Switzerland as their companions in their group. Which is, who's, the nice. who's the best team in that group? <laughs> Hungary. <laughs> According to recent results, you know, yeah. Italian league. coach, of course. Yeah. One of 20% of the coaches at the Euros are Italian. Oh, okay. right. How many? 20%. Uh, it's only 20%? Four. 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 Yeah. four out of 24. That's not 20%. <laughs> it's not 20%, is it? I, I saw that. I saw the statistic, but yeah. I'm sure there's still. I'm sure there's still time. You can count for more. You can yeah. count. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Italy, uh, meanwhile, with Spain. drew a tough group with Spain, Alvaro, and yeah. Croatia, and Albania. Yeah, Spain playing in Berlin the first game, by the way. So you were asking me about that. Good place to start. Yes. Uh, against Croatia, mm. and um, it's the only group that puts together the current champion of Euro with the current champion of the Nations League as well. Italy Ooh. against Spain, so that's going to be good. So nice. is, this, is, is it the fifth Euros in a row where Spain will face Italy? Or the sixth one even? No, well, I mean, it's the third in a row that Spain and Croatia will meet. But, but this but group... Spain and Italy even more. This group is like the group in 2012, mm. uh, when it was Spain, Italy, Croatia and the Republic of Ireland. Ah, and Italy right. drew their first two games against Spain, took the lead, Di Natale, took the lead against Croatia, Pirlo, uh, and then they beat the Republic of Ireland in the last game to go through. And yeah, of course, so they reached the final. The final, and then and 2016 was the contest game in the last yeah. 16. 2020, yeah, magnificent. The, the kicking the ball. And, and 2008, the yeah, uh, exactly, Spain yeah. winning in the quarterfinals. Yeah. So that's what, yeah. five Euros in a row five where they face each other. Yes, yeah. yes. Really yes, cool, yes. man. Really cool. Extraordinary. What do you think, Rafa? Classic. Five years in a row? Very cool. What do you want me to say? It's not my debate. Such I was paying attention. No, no, how much attention have you been paying? Yeah. <laughs> you managed to retain the last five words saved. A bit before that. No way. No, you're talking about the Spain Italy. It doesn't exactly. concern me. What happens in the group very, stage? Very, very well done. Yeah. Group okay. stage, not important. Tell you what, Rafa, <laughs> let's move on to something that you are Do you want to talk with? about a bit of Germany? Just a little bit. Yeah. Go on then. I mean, it was, I think, greeted with a sense of relief 
the draw because Germany, as you know, are not in the best of uh, spells at the moment. And any slightly more high-profile group, I think, would have uh, just heaped more doom and gloom on uh, mm. proceedings. The fact that it's Scotland in the opening game and uh, Hungary and Switzerland, I think, have made people slightly more excited mm. and optimistic. Mm. Whether that's justified, I'm not sure, because certainly Hungary have been really good. They caused really problems to Germany in the Nations League and uh, also in uh, the Euros two years ago. And uh, and Switzerland, uh, we also played them in the Nations League and it wasn't wasn't easy either. So, yeah, but and obviously we, should, we should do it, really. Germany... Last 16 is paired with the England group. So if oh. Germany finish first, uh, if Germany finish first of Group A, then they will play the second, second. of Group C. But if we finish second, but if you finish we'll second, fin play the second of Italy, Spain, mm. Italy, basically, yeah, of Group B, or Croatia, or Croatia. So yeah. even for not Germany, Spain. Not, Spain will be uh, first. You know, the knockout Around phase is could be tricky. What we haven't done yet is moment of the weekend. Mm. So Jules, what do you got? I've got Sunday afternoon in Lille where Lucas Chevalier, the Lille goalkeeper, saved two penalties in the same game, which is the second time this season it happened in Ligue 1 because if you remember, Marcin Bulka, the Nice goalkeeper, saved twice a penalty against Flo Balogun in the derby against Monaco. So second time this season where a goalkeeper, and it's, that, it's like two saves. It's not like someone missed a pen and then he saved the second one. It's two actual saves on penalty in the same game, which I think is pretty amazing. Brilliant stuff. Alvaro... My one is the man of the weekend for me, mm. uh, Christian Suali, mm. the very veteran striker of Girona, uh, scoring a brace to trigger another remontada for Girona. It's incredible. They are coming back in so many games. They are still hanging there. And uh, they beat Valencia 2-1. And Christian Stuani, a player who has been in Girona through the thin and thick. I mean, this time uh, he was uh, showing his quality a little bit, becoming the, if you like, the Leo Ulloa of this uh, Girona because he doesn't... Stuani doesn't play a lot, but he's scoring decisive goals. I don't know if in decisive moments, because it's not April yet, and Leo Joa, you know, scored the goals for Leicester to win the league uh, in spring, but uh, definitely he was uh, racing up to the challenge. So Girona have a win, and uh, Stuani was the best man of all the team. Former Middlesbrough favourite. Legend, yeah. yeah. Legend right. even. Yeah. even. Although well, he, he mm. missed a big chance, two big chances against Athletic Club de Bilbao the weekend before, oh. so he kind of redeemed himself. Okay. Nice to know. Brought to Europe, of course, uh, by Regina. There you are. Yeah. There mm. you go. James, your moment of the weekend. Well, I know Jules always takes the mickey on this. And Don't says tell that, me there's too many. Says, Don't tell me there there's are too many. There are actually oh. too many. There are, James. No, I mean, just pick one. We, we'll have, we all have many. I mean, in terms of moment of the week, so about f five goals, which would justify moments of the <laughs> oh week alone. But You're going to go for the Lecce equaliser, probably. Oh, oh, no, I was going to go for Ngongi. Oh, oh, that's not even on the list. Or Sotil's. That's not even on the list. There's even more. Not even on the list. Many yeah. Sotil for Fiorentina. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nice goal. It's probably the best example of a shot kissing the bottom of the bar. Kisses it. Wonderful! It's a great. It's magnificent. All but right. my my moment heads. of the weekend is uh, Jose Mourinho. 
Let's not. Let's deny him the oxygen publicity. <laughs> oh, he was on fire the whole week, really. He was a From colossal. after the Servet game. Oh. Even by his own standards, he was reprehensible. But, 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 I mean, did you see the interview he gave? Yeah, I mean, I've seen the, the <laughs> quotes. Yeah. Oh, the quote, no, but you have to watch the actual yeah. video. It's amazing. So, uh, listeners, what happened is on uh, Friday or Saturday, pre-match press conference, uh, Jose Mourinho calls the referee emotionally unstable. Not great. Um, the Italian Football Federation says or briefs that it's going to launch an investigation. Um, he then obviously takes charge of the game against Sassuolo. Roma win. And the DAZN reporter asks him a question about the win afterwards. And Jose just launches into a five-minute answer in Portuguese. No, it's a victory of the players. It's a victory of the Romanists that invaded this stadium. He felt he was misinterpreted uh, the day before, and obviously his his Italian is not polished enough. So he did he he did the whole interview in Portuguese without any warning, without telling the DAZN reporter that he was going to do it in Portuguese. No one has stopped him. midway through the answer. No, so yeah, it was. Yeah, he said that the referee didn't have the emotional stability to take take charge of the game. Roma, it has to be said, owed the win to a fairly soft penalty. Very soft, yeah. So, yeah, but uh, Jose going to Jose. Rafa, moment of the weekend. I'm torn between two, really. Really? Say Which, them both. Do you Why want, not? like, the more positive one or the more sort of... The uh, positive moment of the weekend, yeah? usually. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay, well, it is, of course, Germany beating France again. Ah, in the, the big under final 17. of the under-17s. The ganz großen clubs sind dran an Almugera Kaba. And er schießt Deutschland zum Titel! Almuguera Kabar with a penalty that decided mm. it. Yep. And the yeah, second time penalty. on penalties. How many Paris-born and bred players are in this uh, loser team? Only one from PSG. Yeah, but there's, yeah. I, I saw for the semi-final, and there was, there was only one change for the final. It was 6 out of 11, I think, if yeah, I remember. Yeah, maybe that's why they lost. The best one. Loser. Ironically, the, best ones. the one player mm-hmm. called Longboard. Paris... Of yeah. course, won it for Germany. Uh, Paris Brunner. What are the yeah. odds? He <laughs> was, just, was just such a good boy that he was suspended on disciplinary reason by Dortmund. I mean, look, we all I'm did some saying, stuff when saying, we were 16, you know? 17, didn't right. we? But what was the negative one? Right. <laughs> oh, the own goal from Daniel Hoyer Fernandez. Ah, well, we'll come on to that. Don't you worry. Heroes and zeros. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's there. start, though, seeing as there's so many moments that are worth talking about from there. We'll see the this is the Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Quite the weekend in City A. You had uh, a goalkeeper winning a crucial penalty. You had Cyril Ngonga's brilliant overhead oh, kick for Verona. You had an assist from a goalkeeper. Yeah, Mike, Magic Mike. Mike oh, yeah, also. Yeah. Yeah. A 62-yard assist, was Yeah, it? I think yeah. his third assist since yeah. joining the club. Yeah. Also, down in Naples, you had last year's winners versus probably this year's winners in Napoli Inter. James, what was this like? It was a really good game, I felt. Um, even though Napoli lost 3-0, they didn't play uh, too badly. Inter just showed, you know, what I keep saying about them, that they're, uh, they're sort of pound for pound the best Italian team since Juventus reached two Champions League finals in 2015-2017. And I, I think it was a complete performance because you saw, for example... Uh, Jan Sommer, the goalkeeper, make a huge save on Elmas really early on. He'd have to make another one from Cavadatskelia. So there's been no drop-off really from Onana um, since he moved on. Strangely. (laughs) Well, yeah, but he was amazing for Inter. Um, At the other end of the pitch, Chiram, again, scores. 
uh, he's just been. Yeah, I mean, you think of Inter's chief executive Beppe Madotto or the t- uh, the free transfers that he's done over the years. Pogba, Pirlo, um, Kadira could go on. Uh, I think Turam is up there with the very best of them. Um, uh, and then in midfield, yeah, the midfield is just. You know, people look at it and say, oh, it's a bit old uh, with Mkhitaryan, uh, Chalanolu and Barella. But chalanolu has been reinvented, playing in front of the defence, um, scored a great goal to open the scoring. Beautiful goal. Which, you know, Napoli said should have been uh, ruled out because Lautaro Martinez rugby tackles uh, Lobotka in the build-up. But lovely goal. And then Barella kind of involved in, in everything as well. So and himself so scoring. So very nice. Lovely goal. His slaloming through. Yeah. Mm. So, and to be honest, I mean... There was a there was a lot riding on this game because Inter have had a uh, they played five of the last six games away from home. The last week they obviously played in Turin against Juventus in the Derby d'Italia. They went behind in that game, came back. Um, they were three 0 down at half time against Benfica. Came back, could have won that game. Didn't didn't really matter because they'd already qualified. And then to go to Naples uh, against the champions of Italy, who had shown signs that they were improving uh, in two games under. Uh, under Mazzari hmm. I think it was quite a statement from uh, from Inter yeah indeed they picked up the biggest victory there since 1977 I thought that was so impressive really Pick. impressive and Inter could go all the way as we know in Champions League <laughs> there you go but uh, I have a question on Shalanolu for you mm. is that the first time that Inter got the better deal from tr- swapping players with Milan I think it probably is the first time in a long time that they uh, that they did no um, because you're looking at Pirlo going to Milan, Seydorf going to Milan. And at the time, yeah, I think uh, Milan felt, you go and pay this guy the money that he wants because we don't think he's worth it. You know, he's he's only good on set pieces. Yeah, he was inconsistent. Good moment, at free it? kicks, good at corner kicks, but doesn't really make the difference otherwise. And instead, every time Chalinolo now plays against his old club, he usually scores a penalty or does something. He knows, he's never played in Turkey, aside from with his national team, but you can tell he's got that kind of, he's unfazed by really hostile atmospheres or just hostility in general. And uh, certainly, I mean, this time last year, he was being asked to play this role in front of the defence because Brozovic was out. And he wasn't entirely convincing. Inter weren't entirely convincing this time last year in the league. You know, remember Inzaghi was on the brink of being sacked true, yeah. for the first of three occasions in that season. Um, but now he seems to have completely mastered that role. Hmm. So I would say yes, Raf. I think that's probably a good good shout. Good shout, Rafa. Into last weekend with the 1-1 draw away at Juventus, that'll be the fixture that awaits Napoli. Mm. And a tough run of games that uh, Walter Mazzari begins with after Real Madrid in the Champions League last week, Inter this weekend and Juve away next weekend. Uh, Juve, who are two points behind Inter, Getting the victory this weekend, but only just. Woof, right at the death. Uh, Monza, they were leading. Actually, Juve were leading 1-0 after 90 minutes. But then Monza grabbed a goal in the 92nd, I think it was, from Valentin Carboni. But then... Il gol della Juventus con Gatti, clamoroso, clamoroso. Gatti aveva ricevuto l'invito dalla destra. Federico Gatti scores, their centre-back. After he, he, he fluffed the first shot that he tries, mm. after that he should not be allowed to score again. <laughs> and this is embarrassing. But, uh, you know, Gatti keeps showing up with these, these big goals. 
Remember, I think in Juventus' only defeat of the season, he was culpable for that uh, shocking own goal. Um, but, you know, I mean, this is quite a story from Gatti. I mean, yeah, this guy is like a bricklayer from Piedmont who uh, <laughs> was you know, playing in the lower divisions until 18 months ago with Frosinone. And, you know, Juventus claimed to see a new Chiellini in him. I don't think he's of that level. But to score that goal and to win in stoppage time after conceding an equaliser in stoppage time, kind of, again, it's one of those moments where you're like, that's the stuff of champions, really. And Inter had to really respond to it, mm. and they did. But Juventus are going nowhere, um, even though, you know, they you know they have Dusan Vlajevic who keeps, you know, who missed a penalty. Um, and they never look particularly convincing. But I think it's, I think people are underestimating like the job that Allegri is doing because at the start of the season, like if you look at the back three, it's completely changed. You know, mm. it was Danilo who was the, essentially the captain. He's been out for like the last six weeks. Alexandro, who no one's seen for a few weeks as well. Um, and the fullbacks as well, really. They're not, yeah. Alexandro is certainly but not like, a centre-back. Rugani, who Allegri always defends because he's been at the club for like eight or nine years. He's had to come in and he's been really good mm. um, next to Bremer. And then Bremer, there's Gatti. Yeah. You've got Pogba suspended, Fajoli suspended, uh, Rabiot, who uh, was amazing in this game. So good. Valika's like, uh, he, he like clashed with Gagliardini. Inter, to be fair. Um, and like up front, you know, people rave about Chiesa, but what does Chiesa do when he's not playing for his national team? Not, not all that much, you know what I mean? Not so Vlajevic misses penalty. So they don't, have a, they don't have a striker scoring lots of goals. Kane's not doing it because Ken's busy releasing new singles. Uh, I don't know if you've had the chance to I've listen heard. To, to Outfit, yeah, right. this new track which dropped yesterday. Uh, <laughs> outfit. Outfit, yeah. Let's have a listen. KMB wearing the outfit. Trezzeri solo per le Mary Jeans. MB sperre con tanti. E nova la cen guarda quante clients. Good to see some trap back at Juventus. Anyway, um, that's fantastic. I don't want to let this City Ad chat go by without talking about. Lecce Bologna. Bologna have been on that terrific run of form, challenging for the Champions League places. Yeah. And they were heading towards another win away at Lecce when, in the 95th minute, Lecce sent their keeper up, which we know Italian sides love to do, mm. and he went and won a penalty. Yeah, I mean, he, he didn't score uh, like uh, Alberto Brignoli did for Benevento against or Milan, or Prem more Del. recently, mm. Providel did. Um, but yeah, child star. Uh, Vladimir Falcone, because oh, yeah? remember he was uh, he was in a Carlo Verdone film as a uh, as a baby. Mm. Carlo Verdone, very much the uh, uh, the Roman. Mm. What's what, what it was? What's the equivalent here, James? Is there equivalent? Not sure that there is. No, just a star of Roman films, comedies. Yeah, mm. he's just the quintessential Roman when it's when you're not thinking of Francesco Totti. <sighs> Or Sordi or something. Incidentally, like I did watch uh, uh, the documentary that uh, Totti's wife, ex-wife, put out on Netflix. Stunning. But anyway, back to Lecce, uh, <laughs> Bologna. He loves that. Like, the Kardashians, Totti's yeah. ex-wife. He loves yeah. that. Uh, we have to talk about that, by the way. But, yeah, he wins the penalty. Mm. And um, Bobby Littleman, uh, <laughs> Roberto Piccoli, um, scores. Yeah, equalizes. So there you go. Yeah. Very nice, very nice. Anything more from City Out, or should we get on? Because there's big stories elsewhere. I mean, there's Paolo Maldini like lighting a match and sort of torching AC Milan. There's, uh, I mean, there's as I said. I mean, I'm not lying when there's too much to talk about. Right. And obviously, there's. Unica, Have you got a column on the Athletic where people can read more? 
Uh, yeah, probably. All right. Probably. I haven't done the, I haven't done my review of the the Hilary Blasi documentary though. Okay, we'll do that later on. Okay, remind fine. us. Yeah, yeah. Next up, Jules Ligon. Oh, good. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Before you get back to this athletic podcast, did you know it's just one of many made by The Athletic every week? I'm Abby Patterson, senior producer here at The Athletic, and I get to work across so many of our shows. But even I have my favourites. Sometimes you're just too busy for a full-length podcast. I get it. We've all been there. Well, we've got a show to help you. Get up to speed with all the football stories you need to know about with our daily football briefing. It's done and dusted. Saudi Arabia will host the 2034 World Cup. Got a bug for the women's game? Then full-time Europe is for you. It's our dedicated women's football podcast answering the questions you're asking from the WSL and Champions League. So what's going wrong at Arsenal? But perhaps you want to know exactly how a team has set itself up. Then come to the audio whiteboard and join Michael Cox and our analytics gurus as they dissect and examine the game like nobody else can. That's on the Athletic Football Tactics podcast. I don't think I've ever seen a striker who reads the game so well. Just search The Athletic wherever you're listening to this podcast now and you'll find your next podcast obsession in no time at all. Now, let's get back to your show. This is the Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. The Athletic is the only place you can read articles by Daniel Taylor, Amy Lawrence, Phil Hay, James Pierce, Ollie Kay, and the very best football writers around. Jules, terrible scenes this weekend before Nantes Nice with a Nantes fan dying of a, of a knife wound. Yeah, stabbed to death an hour before kickoff. Uh, it's, a, it's a strange story, really. Basically, some Nice ultras who travelled. To Nantes, and it's quite a long way, if you think about it. We're supposed to be within the the uh, away team kind of group or part, uh, like towards the stand. But they got to the stadium in, in Ubers, basically. Uh, six of them, six cars, like all following each other kind of thing. And it's arrived... Liga, Liga sponsored by Uber. Or Uber, Uber, Uber Eats. Eats. Yeah, Uber still Eats. similar. Yeah. I'm not sure if they were Ubers, but they were like, you know, those, those uh, like... Minicabs. Minicabs, exactly. Mm. So they arrived in those minicabs or Ubers on the wrong side, basically, of the stadium, near uh, a bar where the Nantes Ultras from La Brigade Loire are always there before home matches. And when those Nantes fans spotted the Nice fans in those cars, they stand 200 of them like, surrounding the cars and staying like banging on the cars, trying to get the Nice Ultras out of the car for a fight. And two of the Uber drivers reacted, get, got out of their car, one with a knife, stabbed the... Uh, the young Nantes Ultra, twice in the back, killing him. The other one was like punching people out. And then they fled, obviously, before the police found them. So it's a really, really sad story. And we go back to a debate that we've had many times before. What do you do in France to stop those violence? Like we saw the, uh, the Lyon coach being obviously attacked by the Marseille fans a few weeks ago, all of that. And it seems like the, uh, the government and the league will just purely ban away fans to travel to games which I think would be a real shame because that's part of football but if you can't 
ensure the security of those away fans, then why would they be allowed to travel? So anyway? you think there's going to be a blanket ban coming in soon for all travelling fans? Yeah, probably. That's only where I think the the sports minister, Amelie uh, Udea Castera, that's what she wants. I don't know how the league will respond to that. If you so every single game, not just in my league, but in every league, is ranked for risk. Mm. So from zero to five. So zero is mean there's no risk. The fans are friends. Anybody can go. There, there will be no problem. Obviously, five out of five is like super ultra risky. They hate each other. They, the, the ultras are going to fight. Blah blah blah. This was two out of five. Cool. So clearly, there, there was a bit of baggage before between the non-ultras and the nice ultras, but not that bad. So really, this this should not have been a game with problems. And even if a two out of five brings you a death and brings you a problem, they just believe that you can't allow anybody to travel anymore, which is the case already in the top, top game. So Lyon, for example, the fans were allowed to travel for the first time in 10 years, I think. But no PSG fans in Marseille, no Marseille fans in Paris, that right. kind of stuff. But yeah, they're thinking about doing it for everyone. Well, earlier this season, we saw Lyon fans allowed to go to Marseille for the first time in a long time. And the game ended up suspended because of that attack on yeah, the even Leon start, yeah, bus. Postponed, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's Leon. actually going to be replayed this midweek. On Wednesday. Yeah. On Wednesday. Right, yeah. But without Fabio Grosso, ended up with what, 13 stitches? <laughs> yeah, he almost lost an eye. He almost lost an eye. He's now lost his job. He lost his job as well. And he only, he, I mean, he lost a lot of games. Uh, indeed, for Fabio Grosso, it was just not working out for him. Uh -huh. Seven games. Even some of the Lyon players were surprised that he actually lasted that long. Mm. Seven. And... I don't know where it went wrong. Maybe he was just not ready. Maybe it was too early. I, I do think that as good as the, the job's a mess. The club's a mess. Yeah, and I think he should not have taken it. They offered it to him. He could have easily said, actually, I'm not really sure this, this is right for me at this time or that the club is in the right position. He went for it. It was brave, I think, because it was going to always be very difficult. So Pierre Sage, mm. you know, or as the, uh, obviously, Lyon fans have renamed him Stonewise as Pierre Sage, is uh, in charge as an interim coach. Stone Wise. Yes, yeah, Stone Pierre, okay. Wise, Sage. Sage. Pierre means a stone. Pierre, yeah, as in you throw a Pierre. Yeah. Okay. And then and then Sage is like your, your Wise. Or yes, yes, yeah, Sage. Yeah. Mm. So sage. Pierre Sage was... Mm. A Sage, yes, James. No, Sage. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, sage. <laughs> who was at the academy, who before that had been like an assistant, and he's quite a smart guy. Okay. And to be fair, they lost a lance on Saturday. 3-2. Both, both Leon goes from that man, Jake O'Brien. Jake O'Brien, a Crystal Palace legend, of course. Uh, although he, I don't think he ever played for them, but certainly was at the club as a youth player from Cork and then went on loan. Is that because there's an ownership <laughs> link there? Jules. Indeed, because before he was at Molenbeek in yeah. Belgium, also owned by John Texter. Uh, and he's their top goal scorer with three goals <laughs> in right. the league. That wow. says a lot. The new Benzema. The new, <laughs> the new Karim the Dream. Jake the Dream, if you want. But to be fair, they played much better against Lens than anything we've seen this season before. Okay. So there's maybe something with Stonewise that hmm. you know can start, although they think about Sampaoli, they think about Pep Genesio coming back to the club. So they, they've got a few other options, but I think for now, they will give Stonewise a, a bit of a chance, I think. Certainly okay. he will be there on the bench on Wednesday. All right. Stonewise sounds like a kind of 90s grunge band. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That can work. maybe Marseille, who will be hosting Leon this midweek, were victorious uh, at home to Rennes. 
Very uh, good. Aubameyang redemption story continues, Jules. Yes, yeah, after two. Thursday. Yeah, you saw him on Thursday with Raf. Wonderful overhead. Doing, kick. Yeah, yeah, against Ajax, really good. And then he scored again the penalty, and we had a lovely goal from Unai, as in Unai who had been terrible the whole game, and then popped out, scores a wonderful goal to to double the lead for for Marseille. Rennes were down to ten men again. They keep getting those yellow the, those red cards. So many good. red cards, Jules, in Liga this weekend. <laughs> I like. I've just opened up the yeah. page. Two in Marseille Rennes, as you were saying. One in Lens Lyon. One in PSG Le Havre. We've got to get to that yeah, one. That's mad. And then Montpellier Monaco. What the uh, hell? Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. violent loads, on the pitch, violent of off the pitch. Loads of things. Madness. No, okay. Madness. Still not as bad as in other leagues, but you know. Fight Premier Club. League. Liga. Yeah. Fight Club. Not fight the League d'Italiens. Fight know. Club. And Nice <laughs> lost for the first time. Well, yes, indeed, because Paris Saint-Germain now four points That's clear right. at the top. We mentioned not Nice before the tragedy before the game. Nice went on to lose for the first time this season there. Yeah. Paris Saint-Germain, their match away at Louvre, saw them lose Gigi Donnarumma after 10, ten minutes, minutes. yeah. After he went in with a karate kick on. Yeah, Brent Freeze completely. Oh là là là, attention Et ça va être rouge Ouais, rouge oh, pour oh, Donnarumma, ça va être rouge Oh là là, La sortie incroyable On Josué Casimir. Yeah, Casimir, that's right. right. I mean, I don't really know what went through his head. He so almost went through Casimir. <laughs> he was clearly aiming at Casimir's head. Yeah. Uh, after 10 minutes and you think okay are now uh, Tenas who's the goalkeeper who came from Barcelona who was yeah. Enrique New who's a backup or number three even there and we're like uh oh what is he going to do but he was great he was amazing he made some big saves was he so good that people are now saying do we really want Gigi Donnarumma when he comes back from suspension so for now Luis Enrique seems to to say after the game Gigi is okay he would he would you know, start again when he plays. he's not been great recently. He hasn't been great. There's the the mistake, the fumble against Newcastle, obviously mm. that cost a lot. Against Which one? The one this time or the one last time? Well, yeah, both. Mm. But this one, especially the one last time, especially mm. there was the one against Monaco that didn't, didn't cost them in the end because they won the game, but still. And also, Tenas is much better with his, his distribution Feet. than Donnarumma, who clearly mm. only uses his feet to get on the coach and down. Nothing and else. Aiming for other people's heads. So, yeah, and yeah. and they're for Casimir's head. So, mm. It would be interesting to follow. He will have another game, mm. at least. Uh, we don't know yet exactly how long the suspension will be for, for Donnarumma. So I think it'd be very interesting to see because I liked, I certainly liked what I saw. And then he was a PSG defended well. Vitinha scored late. Kylian scored early. This was it. There was not much really into it. But Loav played well. And for promoted sides, I just like what Luca Elsner is doing there. Okay. Kylian Mbappé with his 15th goal in the 14 league yeah. matches so far. The last player, Jules, to score that many at this stage of a league in the season was? Kylian Mbappé? No. Ibra? No. Hervé Revelli. Oh, Revelli. Mm. Oh, that's a long time ago. It is. Yeah, with Saint-Etienne. Oui, yeah. c'est ça. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go, Jules. A pretty dramatic weekend yeah. in France. Anything else we should know? No, I think that's all for me today. Okay, very good. In the Eredivisie. The top two went at it this Sunday. That's Feyenoord and PSV. PSV, who'd won every single game so far this uh, season in the Netherlands, won this one in Rotterdam as well. 2-1 over Feyenoord, which gives them a slender lead at the top of the Eredivisie. Just the 10 points. Just the 10 points after 14 games. (laughs) For Peter Bosch's side. How do you like that high line? Yeah, exactly. Mm. They've played 14, won 14. There's only one team that's ever done that before in the Eredivisie. 
and it was PSV themselves. Uh, back in 1987, 1988. Hang on, wasn't that the year that they went on to win the treble, including the European Cup? Yes. True. Yes, it was. I mean, we, laugh, we laugh about Peter Bosch's high line, which always gets sort of exposed in the Champions League. Mm. But uh, they've conceded only six goals in the league this season. And that's in Holland. Goal difference of 44, plus 44. Mm. Scored 50. That's like two goals six. in any other league, isn't it? <laughs> That's right, Jack. It's like 20% of the Italian match. The the XG as well was higher than Feyenoord. So it's not like if they went there and it was a robbery and they Mm. scored two counter-attacking goals. They actually played really well and basically dominating the game. All right. And last week got themselves through to the last 16 of the Champions League. Yeah, yeah. Coming back to Sevilla. Yeah. Yeah. Very impressive. impressive. that maybe... And they've got Bad De Jong up front. So doing all of that with Bad De Jong. It's pretty impressive. The wrong De Jong. The wrong De Jong. Okay. Next up, let's talk about La Liga. Why are so many big stars missing from the Women's Champions League? Do we really need VAR in the women's game? Have Arsenal got too many players? Hello, I'm Sophie Penny, and I'm the host of the all-new Full-Time Europe, the Athletics Women's Football Podcast. If you're a big women's football fan or a passing purveyor of the game, Full-Time Europe is answering the questions you're asking. From Man United to Lyon, Barcelona to Wolfsburg, we have you covered. That's full-time Europe, out every week, available wherever you're listening now. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You're listening to The Totally Football Show with James Richardson, the Football Content Awards International Podcast of the Year. Big game in Catalonia uh, this weekend. Alvaro, with your friend Xavi, notching up another important victory. So dull. It was so dull. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was a fantastic game, this one. Poor attendance, by the way. Oh, yes. Uh, for, for an what Atletico like, 35,000, was it? Uh, 38,000, I think. Why is that? Uh, a couple of things. Um, the weather it wasn't great today in Barcelona. Oh. What? what? In Barcelona? Well, yeah, seriously. The I weather am. is being blamed for bad attendance. The thing is, if, if, if you are used to 20 degrees in winter, okay. and suddenly one day the temperature drops down to 10 and it happens to rain, I think that you will consider that bad weather because you are used to something different. Thursday Lit- night, literal Thursday fair night, weather fans. We had a, we had a, a game, uh, what was it, Helsinki-Aberdeen, which had to be suspended for 15 minutes because the pitch was so covered in snow. It was minus five, I think. I, there were fans there with no shirts on. No shirts. Well, throwing snowballs. It's, it's yeah. Yeah. I, I played in minus three in Ascot on Friday evening okay. myself. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, you can do it. Did okay. You, right. Did you take your shirt off? <laughs> I, I just scored a beautiful goal. Ah, we won for me as well. Yeah. Yeah. That was nice. So, oh, yeah. so that was one factor. What is there? Are there other factors behind this low attendance? <laughs> no, I think that the other factor is the performances of Barcelona having been too good, even though uh, beating Porto 
I think that uh, was like turning a page for them. Okay. Yeah, because uh, for the first time in two years, they will be in the in the three years actually. They will be in the Champions League last 16 round. Mm. So I think that this time they played um, with a lot of ease. I think that the flow of Barcelona was very good. It has to be said that Simeone has never won at Camp Nou in La Liga as or Atletico. De... Barcelona. This was not Camp Nou. Well, yeah, at Montjuic. Yeah. Barcelona ground, yeah. basically. Mm. Uh, even though some of the most painful draws that Barcelona has suffered at mm. home in the last 10 years have been against Atletico de Madrid, mm. one of them in 2014, yeah. not to win the league title. Good in. Uh, that one. And the other one, I think that in the Champions League 2016, when Atletico drew against Barcelona and then went through to the next round. But anyway, I think that Atletico kind of competed, but Barcelona was very good this time. Inigo Martinez picked an injury at the beginning of the game, but still uh, Xavi could field more or less his preferred lineup uh, with the absence of Gabi that we have spoken about. And Barcelona dominated. They managed to supply a lot to Lewandowski. Lewandowski didn't have a good day. This time, I think that uh, he cannot blame anybody mm. for his performance. But generally speaking, I think Barcelona was good with a couple of players just uh, standing out. For me, uh, one of them, Joe Felix, obviously, we'll speak about him now. And the other one, Iñaki Peña, in the yeah. same way that uh, PSG has a new goalkeeper right now. Uh, Iñaki Peña, in the absence of Ter Stegen, who might have to have Sarger in his back, uh, Iñaki Peña did a good game. I'm not too sure about his aerial game, but I think like his reflexes are very good. Excellent. Well, let's talk about Joao Felix, because yeah. obviously this is a huge game for him against his parent club, because he's, he's on loan at Barca yes. from Atleti. What, a, a brilliant goal. Yeah. Uh, I mean, superbly opportunistic chip, no? Yeah, and... On top of that, he's right-footed, so right. it, 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 he made it even well, more difficult. Black could have come out quicker, though. It's, yeah. it's still a long touch before That's, the chip. I mean, I mean let's no, not, come let's on. not do I, that. I, 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 but you also, I would blame more Nahuel Molina, because he was very, very, True. very... Very weak in but his still, challenge. After that touch, the ball is quite far, yeah. and then it takes all Black forever to, to come out. Good That's goal anyway, yeah. I think. And the, the celebration was the kind of celebration that Atletico de Madrid fans didn't like. Yes. Because at the end of the day, Joao Felix still belongs to Atletico. But I think he has burned every bridge with Atletico right okay. now. Yeah, I was going to ask, what's going to happen at the end of the season? Look, he got sent on loan to Barcelona, but he extended his contract automatically with Atletico de Madrid mm. until 2029. Mm. Uh, it was a pretty much a double operation in a way. I don't think Simeone wants him there. Joe Felix has expressed a few times that he likes Barcelona, he loves Barcelona, and he likes the way they play, which is clearly an indirect, if you like, message to Simeone. And uh, I don't think that um, he will come back, but at the same time, the contractual situation of Joe Felix is difficult because Atletico still believes that this player is uh, um, valued on 75, 80 million easily, and they would like to get uh, that money for him. And Barcelona is not in the position to spend that money no. on Joe Felix, not at all. On the other hand, Joe Felix is just... Uh, defending his case, scoring goals he did against uh, Porto in the Champions League. Uh, he was decisive for Barcelona to go through. He hasn't scored a lot in La Liga, but I think that this game was, was one of those uh, games in which Joao Felix uh, can feel proud of himself because but he did it against Atletico. Is there a case of it's really only when he wants to? Because I think I looked, the last goal in the league was huh. September 15th or something like that. Yeah. So it's yeah. been a long time without scoring at all yeah. in the league. I mean, and it feels like sometimes you watch him and if, if, he's, if he's motivated, then he will have a great game. If he doesn't really fancy it, it's pretty anonymous. And yeah. could you spend another 80 million plus his wages on the player that is still a bit 
inconsistent? That's the thing that, look, when Joe Felix started playing for Benfica in his first breakthrough season, he scored 20 goals. And I remember talking to you guys back at the time uh, when we started with the podcast and I was saying that I think that this guy is already a reality. If you score 20 goals as a 19-year-old player in Benfica, you are not a promise anymore. You are a player who is ready for uh, top football. And he has been at times, when Atletico won the league in 2021, getting 50 points in the first uh, half of the competition of the tournament, Joe Felix was phenomenal. Uh, one of the reasons why Atletico won La Liga. But then he's very inconsistent as well. He's a player of games. He's not a player of big tournaments and big leagues so far. And uh, he has to improve that. He has to improve that. It's something um, related to his personality, probably. I don't think that he has the eagerness to come onto the game and score in every single game. His performances uh, have been okay for Barcelona, very good at times, but uh, it's true that in October and early November he wasn't good enough and he has to work on that. Barcelona knows that, Xavi knows that, uh, even Joe Felix himself knows that he has to be better on a consistent basis to be considered one of the good players, especially because Atletico is not going to let him go for any less than 75 million. Right, well, especially after what they paid for him, it was what, 120? 120. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 1-0 for Barcelona, just like the scoreline against Porto. Barcelona, in fact, have won the most games by that 1-0 scoreline since the start of last season. Of all of the clubs in Europe's top yeah. five. Wow. Catalan natural. Nice. 1-0 uh, yes. to the Barcelona, you might, <laughs> you might say. Uh, they are four points behind the leaders, Real and Girona, who are level at the top. Who do Barcelona face next weekend, Alvaro? Girona. Girona. Yeah. Is it Girona, not Girona? Uh, Girona is, in a, uh, if you use the Spanish way of saying it, ah, it's see, Girona. From Catalonia, in so, Catalonia, they yeah. say Girona, basically. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, both Real and uh, Girona uh, won this weekend. Real 2-0 against Granada. Girona, uh, with that aforementioned 2-1 victory over Valencia with a brace from uh, Christian, spelt very badly, Stuani. Yeah. Oh, Rodrigo got a f goal for the fifth game in a row for Real. Yeah, because Rodrigo is very good. And because Rodrigo is another streaky striker like Joao Felix. But I think that in the case of Rodrigo, you can really tell that he's got the potential to be a a 25 goals a season footballer Ooh. really really because after what you said about João Felix though yeah. five years ago yeah I'm not I, I don't have any you. credibility <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to get too uh, excited alright maybe he he can be the kind of a striker that sometimes you feel that he doesn't have a clear position on the pitch we have spoken about that but since Vinicius mm. is out yeah. he's scoring all these goals mm. and uh, he's playing really nicely as well I would say that uh, he's not only a footballer um, that defines his performances via the goals. If he doesn't score, therefore he doesn't deserve a good rating. Okay. He plays really good football. And Jude Bellingham, the new golden boy, by the way, but we have to say that, mm. uh, you know, he may have to undergo shoulder injury. I don't know about that yet. But uh, Surgery for the dislocated shoulder. Dislocated shoulder, yeah, yeah. But his performances have been phenomenal. And the one against uh, Napoli in the Champions League mm. was one of the best performances of a Real Madrid player in a while. I would say that uh, Carlo Ancelotti... Sometimes he gets uh, praised for his man management, and it's true, he's very good on that. But he has created favorable context for a few players to sign. I remember, for example, Di Maria in 2014, he became a left uh, midfielder uh, because uh, Real Madrid had to play with the BBC and Di Maria had to abandon the left channel. And uh, Ancelotti made of Di Maria a player that was so good that Manchester United, the season later, was paying a lot of money for him. Same thing with Fede Valverde. Uh, in the absence of many midfielders, Fede Valverde is playing now in midfield with Tony Cruz. Hmm. And Fede Valverde is playing in the, in the position where he can 
prove his quality best because uh, you know the pitch is immense and Fede Valverde has the uh, freedom to run all over the park and I, that is thanks to Carlo Ancelotti Carlo Ancelotti has decided to deploy Fede Valverde to that position Jude Bellingham same thing at Borussia Dortmund he was phenomenal he was very good but it has been at Real Madrid where Jude Bellingham has found these numbers so I think that Carlo Ancelotti has a lot to do with that he creates the context for a player to sign mm. Okay, excellent. Quick mention for your lot, Alvaro Athletic, who up to fifth with a mighty 4-0 thumping this and weekend. We didn't lose at Girona mm. on Monday, mm. and uh, we beat Rayo. Rayo didn't lose against Barcelona, didn't lose against Real Madrid. They come to some of us and look what, what happens. With Nico Williams. <laughs> and Inaki Williams. And Inaki Williams, yeah, but I want to single out Nico because he extended yeah. his contract. Oh. His contract was running in 2024, mm. and he signed three more years. Ooh. And this this guy is quite special, too. All I mean, right. Iñaki probably scores more goals. Mm. Uh, he's been more years in the top flight as well. But Nico Williams, uh, we haven't had a dribbler like this that I can remember, really. It's funny how you had the, the Williams sisters, and, and you got the Williams the brothers. brothers. Yeah. What is it about Williams? And, I wonder. And all of them are very good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they are fun. Yeah. And, and uh, there is another player... That is the best one we have probably at the bottom, which is Ojan Sanzet. Ah. I mean, probably better than Nico Williams, I would say. Maybe the best uh, academy player we have had since uh, Fran Jeste or Julian Guerrero. I mean, his uh, positioning uh, of the body to receive the ball, to give the passes. He's also capable of organizing the game as well. His connection with Iñaki Williams on the right uh, is paying dividends for Athletic. Look, uh, we're looking good. We're looking good. And uh, we have lost Inigo Martinez this summer. So the defense is kind of uh, still suffering from that. Uh, we lost our, uh, our best defender. But we're competing and we have scored 30 goals already, which is more than Barcelona. So things are good at Bilbao at the minute. I don't know if with Girona being that good, mm. we're going to be able to qualify for the Champions League. But if there is any manager who can take us there, it's Valverde, because he qualified us for the Champions League nine years ago already. There you go. Three points off the top four right now. Magnificent. Next up, Rafa. Bundesliga. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is the Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. So Rafa, huge game in the Bundesliga last weekend. Bayer Leverkusen, top of the table and absolutely flying. Hosting Borussia Dortmund. How'd it go? The 1-1 draw, James. Their run of 14 uh, wins in a row interrupted. They're still unbeaten, of course, this season, which is pretty good. I think 18 wins, two draws for Xabi Alonso. But... They should have perhaps won the game. They, they? Were the better, they were the better team. Dortmund scored early and then did very little. Uh, Riasson with the goal. Uh, Leverkusen had problems. 
converting the dominance into into chances and into goals. And then uh, Schick came on, Patrick mm. Schick, after his long injury, um, to provide an assist for Victor Boniface. Lovely, a very well-worked goal, the equaliser. Yeah. It was. Nice. And um, afterwards, lots of controversy about penalty that uh, perhaps should have gone Dortmund's way. Mm. Karamadiemi um, was touched and made sort of a big, exaggerated movement. And uh, quite commendably, I think, Daniel Zieber, the referee, came out to explain his thinking and said, uh, yes, there was a touch, but it wasn't enough for all this falling. And I earlier hadn't given um, a penalty against Dortmund when Emre Chan might have committed a foul. So I'm not going to change my sort of my way of refereeing. And um, I think Terzic, who usually gets not emotional in that sense, he gets emotional when... In the Mourinho when sense, he, no more when he connects with a with a with a crowd, mm. or you know, he gets quite um, passionate, passionate and touchy feely. Mm. But got very angry because I think it was the kind of result, the kind of performance that uh, yet again has us questioning where Dortmund Did, are going really? this season. It, to, you know, to the observer, that seems like a good result for Dortmund. Best result was Europe. okay, but you know, Dortmund they're in a fight for top four and. Mm. You have tremendous consistency from Leverkusen. Mm. Bayern are definitely going to be in the top four. Mm. Stuttgart, who had another win this week against Bremen with a fantastic striking duo, Undaf and Gurassi, they look like they're going to be top four. So it's now between Dortmund and Leipzig right. for who, that last place. Who did Dortmund face next weekend, Rafa? It's Leipzig on Saturday. Yeah, Wolf. and they've got um, they've got a really difficult cup game in Stuttgart as well on Wednesday have they? and that game mm. I think is going to have a big impact on how the end of the season will go because this is the most realistic chance of, of silverware obviously for Dortmund mm. Bayern already out Leipzig already out of the cup so it's between them and Leverkusen as big favourites and Stuttgart and Stuttgart if they get through this game mm. then they will be joint favourites with, with Leverkusen and then their season will still have a big meaning. Of course, they've qualified in the Champions League, so that yeah. keep them going, but they know it's unlikely to win that. And because they're already out of the running for the title, effectively and uh, domestically, I think the pressure is beginning to build, and that's why we saw such an outbreak of emotion, of anger from Terzic. Raf, you said that the referee came out. Like, What was the process for that? Did he just... Did Sky Deutschland just go, oh, look, uh, we've, we've got the referee, or did he... So it happens quite frequently. So referees, they can decide when they walk through the mix zone if they want to stop or not. And oh. quite often when they feel that it was controversial or they want to explain themselves, they do. And it's kind of part of the... Culture. Part of the culture, yeah. And I think it's a good, it's a good thing. It mm. humanizes them. I think it gives a bit of an insight and it, it tends to, I think, calm things, calm down. things yeah. down and move on the discussion. Very good. Dortmund currently lying 10 points off the top of the table, uh, just a point outside the top four. Uh, Leipzig, the team immediately above them, and that's who they'll be facing at the signal in Duna Park uh, next Saturday. Leipzig, who gone fourth with that draw for Dortmund with a 2-1 win over Heidenheim. Oh, and also uh, Bayern not playing because their clash with Union Berlin got postponed because of heavy, heavy snowfall. Heavy, heavy snowfall. How heavy, Rav? Super heavy. Do you want me to repeat my line from my column which you've read? No. I haven't. No. no, you haven't read it. <laughs> <laughs> where, can, yeah. where can I read that? Uh, in the Athletic. Yeah. Yeah. What was Excellent. the line? Rafa writes. The, do you want to read this for Schley? You read it. The game <laughs> in Munich. Dot dot me. dot. 
was actually called off after a freaky deluge of snow, the likes of which haven't been seen in the Bavarian capital since its late 70s heyday as Europe's capital of disco. Was there a lot of bad weather in the 70s? I'm yes. not sure I understand that. <laughs> But then in Augsburg, they played. If you're not on the YouTube version of this podcast, listen, I urge you to go there now just to see the grin. I'm just <laughs> happy when you read out my material because right. you make it sound even nicer. Oh, thanks, Raf. Anyway, Bayern couldn't play this weekend, but a game that did take place in the Bundesliga Zwei was the Hamburg Derby. Rafa. So, because before, Augsburg yeah. played. So how come Bayern, Augsburg and Bayern and Munich are close to each other, right? So there was not enough snow in Augsburg, but there was enough, there was too much in... Yeah, I think Augsburg had the extra day, was on Sunday, I think. Um, And it all came down on Saturday morning, half a meter of snow. Yeah. That is crazy. The airport closed down, all the trains stopped working, the subway stopped working. And this is a place where they usually deal with this kind of stuff and mm. things it's not just, England or anything it's not England <laughs> but it was overwhelming overwhelming Even, right. Grossman had to drive to the draw yeah he could not fly did he 800 kilometers 800 kilometers drive long. that wow that was like Barcelona against Inter in the yeah, yeah. In the, wow. and usually Nagelsmann no, season usually Nagelsmann skateboards in his commutes doesn't he <laughs> yeah it was so <laughs> bit too far bit too for far. that you could have Any, snowboarded yeah yeah, yeah uh, but yeah, the Hamburg Derby. Hamburg Derby, James. I mean, the Derby will go down, unfortunately, for Daniel Hoyer Fernandes for this incredible Amazing. on goal that he Why, scored. Why, Rafa? How incredible was it? Um, so Hamburg are passing it around in their own box, which they often do because uh, that's uh, Walter Ball. Um, Walter Ball. Tim Walter. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'd seen this on social media and it was captured like, worst own goal. And when the defender passes it back across his own goal, yeah. you think, ooh, this is it. But it's not. I mean, the, the pass back is already bad yeah. in itself. Yeah. Then it takes a horrible bubble. Because oh, is the, that what happened? The, yeah, yeah, the pitch yeah, okay. is cut up. Yeah. So it comes up. Yeah. And uh, the goalkeeper, under pressure because the, the pass back is so poor, Wax it. He runs up as if to clear it, but clears it into his own net. Yeah. Deutlich weniger bislang. Und Achtung, Achtung, Tor! Tor! Was war das denn für ein krummes Ding? Mein Gott, was für ein krummes Ding war das denn? Raph, if this happened in Italy, what would you be saying? <laughs> I would say, oh, Donnarumma's at it again. Oh, <laughs> Such a bad move. <laughs> so that was uh, Daniel Hoyer Fernandez. Yeah, Hoyer Fernandez. But, um, to his and Hamburg's credit, mm. they came back from being 2-0 down, mm. courtesy of that own goal and another one that they conceded, and fought back to a 2-2 draw. And the away fans, because it was at San Paolo, were really celebrating uh, Hoya Fernandez and uh, making him feel good. And he came up afterwards and gave a really good, sort of calm and cool interview saying, yeah, you know, these things happen didn't phase me yes they were making fun of me it's a, they're having a good time it's amusing for them but for me I don't care didn't even hear it and uh, came out with a bit of a bit of credit yeah nice uh, Raf sorry I've just uh, brought up the Bundesliga Zwei mm-hmm. um, table so, so Schalke have won three of their last five games and yet they are 16th out of 18 teams what the hell is going on um, horror start horror start for Schalke already fired the manager it's uh, it's a bad and Hamburg are doing that Hamburg thing where you think every year they're going up, 
but yet they haven't managed yet. It's a strong Bundesliga yeah, zwei. Yeah. Uh, St. Pauli. Oh, but yeah? uh, Herter, who Raph wrote about uh, last week, as I'm sure you, um, mm. sure you followed, James, is an avid athletic reader. Uh, Herter at eighth. Um, not great. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? You want well, to I, the one thing I want to ask is... Why don't you tell us about uh, Ilari Blasi's... Um, oh, yeah. Ah. Hilary I mean, what shocked him the uh, most is that one day she was at the Notting Hill Carnival, wasn't she? she? Yeah, yeah, but she was here this weekend at a Again. restaurant I go to. What I was... His dream is to meet her. You what, know that. What restaurant, James? Uh, there's, uh, there's a restaurant um, in Parsons Green, actually, mm. which is Pugliese. Okay. And is it called Pugliese? No, it's called the Gola. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Gola. the the owner's a great guy yeah, so called Aaron. Okay. But yeah, um, so she was there this weekend. So yeah, I feel like I've again missed another scoop. I would love to do the interview or the press junket of this documentary because it is phenomenal. I don't know, it just like hits all of my spots. <laughs> just like Rome, Totti, uh, reality TV trash. I cannot believe it. Um, because like Hillary is, I suppose, like the Davina McCall, if you like, of Italian TV, maybe on another level. And that she did X Factor, yeah. well, she did Big Brother mainly. Mm. Um, and obviously fulfills the kind of Victoria Beckham role. Mm. Um, but she, th this is just, it's just like a, it's an hour long like diss track, I suppose, of Francesco Totti. Nice. And never go for coffee with someone, James. That's one of the morals. <laughs> oh my God. Never do that. Why? What might happen? Because uh, Francesco will read a lot into it. Mm. Um, so don't do that. And the other thing is, and I, f I feel this is if why you're married to Francesco Totti, don't go for coffee. Don't go for coffee. Yeah, that anyone. would be yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and then yeah. the, the best part, and I, I really appreciated this because mm. you've lived in Rome, James. You know how big a deal like sort of Roman taxi drivers are. Yeah, mm. just tell you everything. They know everything. Mm. And there's a there's, a, there's like a a narrative device, I suppose, that they use where she's in the back of a, a Roman cab. Nice. And uh, the cabbie uh, is, uh, is like, you know, we all knew, you know, that what was going on. Mm. Um, because we all know that Francesco Totti loves maritozzi, which is the, um, the sweets, uh, sweet cakes that you get in Rome. <laughs> and then there's this great dramatic pause where he goes, we all know he loves maritozzi and women. Head <laughs> <laughs> on. Um, wow. I want to know, did he get his watches back? That's what so I really that, care about. So, so halfway through the documentary, it was losing me a little bit. Can you bit. call this a documentary? No, okay, not a documentary. It's a warts and all kind of one-sided, as I said, diss track, essentially. Diss track, okay. But like um, she comes back to the, the, the Totti uh, house one day. And as you mentioned, Totti claims that she'd gone to uh, the bank and cleared out a safe deposit box with a collection of Rolexes. Mm. Um, but there, there, there are all these scenes towards the end of the documentary of her being in the, in the house and all of a sudden all these belongings of hers have gone missing mm. and she doesn't know uh, what's happened to them. Is Totti like holding them as a like tit for tat kind of uh, right. thing going Sad, on? Sad, isn't it? But she, she, she then uh, one night she, she finds them hidden oh. in a kind of loft. It, like he, she alleges like found all these like bags and then put them in like a recess uh, within, the, oh within, the, within the Totti Villa. Sounds like she's just figured out where she put them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'll be Francesco Totti. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, I mean, the, there's been quite a lot of blowback for Hillary. Um, Has he responded? This. No, but um, uh, I mean, this, there's, there's a great, another great bit where she, she catches him. Uh, oh, really? Not in the act, Jules. Okay. Oh, but right. she catches him going out with uh, new Mrs. Totty. With the cameras rolling? Well, no. Th- 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 so there's some phone, phone footage. And they, they then kind of reenact her and her best friend. They, they get in the car and they drive right. on a night in Rome to right. where basically they busted Totty. Reconstruction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, it's and you can see there's like uh, obviously it's you know it's but what he can tragedy, go out with his new partner. No? Yeah, everybody knows. That no, but this together. was when they were still together. Ah, right. ah okay. yeah, so yeah. So so when I said about the coffee, mm. he basically read some texts on Hillary's phone. Yes, which he thought she was having an affair. Right. She'd organised this coffee anyway? with her style. Well, there you go. Yeah. Okay. So he 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 assumes that she's having an affair, which she claims she isn't. He changes and then. Start seeing this girl Noemi, who um, no, I don't think I do. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> who is then photographed uh, at the Stadio Olimpico, not with him, but kind of adjacent, you know, in the same VIP area. But anyway, this is an exhilaration, and also obviously quite a lot of upset at like you know sort of busting him. Right, exhilaration. So has he responded or not? <laughs> yeah. Has he responded or not yet? Um, new partner has. Okay. Yeah. Which is uh, I can't remember what she said. She it was one of those cryptic Instagram posts, which everyone sort of thought, okay, that's yeah. directed at Hillary. But I would recommend watching it also because she she pulls out the. I uni- don't need to know. She, no, but James, she she pulls out the unica se unica t-shirt. Ah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's quite a sad moment where she's like, you know, this was meant for me. Obviously, it's not I think anymore. The whole thing is sad, you know. You know? Yeah, well, it is, James. It yeah, is sad. Anyway, oh well, it's on Netflix, go and watch it. Netflix. Don't waste. He said everything that you had to. You need to know. You don't need to. It's go like I watch it, it already. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Don't need to watch that. It's brilliant. Don't need to read Rafa's article. Brilliant. It's been a very productive <laughs> morning. Excellent, listener. Uh, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, if you're still there, uh, we'll be back next ooh, Monday because it's Champions League, the final group. Yeah. Group stage yeah. week ever. PSG, well, PSG in the Europa League. Imploding. Manchester yeah, United imploding as well. Game. Donnarumma yes. will be available for that game. Unfortunately, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Big, big, big week. Away at Dortmund. Away at Bobby Bacala. Bobby Bacala. <laughs> Bacala, Involved, certainly. Yeah. And still a lot to play for, to finish top or second in the group, right. to go to the Europa League. So, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll talk more about this next week and about all the exciting things that we mentioned will be happening over the weekend. Brilliant. Jules, many thanks for now. Thank Rafa, you. Alvaro, James... Uh, Charlie and Rachel in the booth and again you listener from all of us here it's goodbye you've been listening to the Totally Football Show part of the Athletic Podcast Network discover bonus video content by searching for the Totally Football Show on YouTube and see the very latest subscription offers at theathletic.com slash totally The Athletic